Welcome to the Restoration Church Weekly Podcast. As you listen, we pray that you are inspired by today's podcast to pursue your God-given calling to reach just one more. Thanks for listening. Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Doing good. Well, hey, we talked about being multi-site earlier in service, but right now we're joined in with the other locations. Dover, will you welcome the other three locations, as well as Online Church. We're, in, uh, we're still in the series Like Jesus, and it's funny, I forgot about it until Tara brought it up today. This shirt I wanted to talk about, it, ma- it makes perfect sense. I don't know if you saw on Facebook, my wife and uh, my sisters pr- played a uh, prank on us. So we showed up, you know, we're getting ready for a Christmas party with my family, and uh, Thanksgiving, yeah, we didn't celebrate Christmas yet. Showed up for a Thanksgiving party, I'm getting ready, and there's a shirt on the bed, my wife said, hey, wear that. Which is not, like, that's not an odd thing, that's what she does, most, <laughs> most days. I started getting complimented on my outfits when I started wearing what my wife told me to wear, so I stick with it. When you know what it works, it works. Uh, that, yeah, that's why Pastor Collins is wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt today. <laughs> it just worked out. So either way, we walk in, and every other guy at the Thanksgiving party is wearing the exact same shirt, because every other guy just goes, okay, when their wife says, hey, wear this shirt. And so we walked in, and we all looked exactly alike, and you know, I, I don't think all of us were as, as, uh, as humored by it as, as I was. And I just remember, I, I just told him, I said, guys, I am so sorry that you have to spend this entire day looking at me and seeing how good you could have looked today. <laughs> and, uh, and that was just kind of how I moved through. But, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that. We, we're going through the Like Jesus series, which, which talks a lot about uh, how can we be more like Jesus? How can we be internally transformed to respond to things the way that Jesus would respond to things? And there's actually quite a big uh, meme culture around it. I thought, what, what a better way to, to explain a good point with a, without a good meme, to go through just how impossible it seems to be like Jesus. We can put the first one up here. Uh, in scripture, Paul tells us, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so we see Christ looks like Aslan from Chronicles of Narnia. Paul, he's doing Simba. We're just this kind of interesting thing here. <laughs> we resent, you, know what, you know what we're trying to do. You can show the next one as well. Here's, 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 <laughs> I, who is that, Jason Momoa? Oh, yeah, yeah. playing play Aquaman, that's, that's our attempt at it. <laughs> so all right, Christ, that's Paul, that's him. Here, here, here's, here's Paul painting a beautiful masterpiece. This is Jack Black doing a doodle, just, just trying to be more like Jesus. It kind of looks familiar. And then we go to the next one. I love this one, Christ, he's a cruise ship. Paul, maybe it's a pontoon. We're not even a boat. We're just an iron. We have the right color scheme. We, we got the right color scheme going on. It looks right if you, if you squint at it. And then next one as well. This one made me laugh the hardest. Imitate me. Christ, Paul, that's a backpack over his head. That's just someone with a backpack just kind of like, here, here I am. Here I am. And, and we can leave this picture up for a second, actually. Because in the topic of today, we're talking about tempted like Jesus, or maybe responding to temptation like Jesus. 
And I don't know about you, but when we're tempted to take things into our own hands, tempted to do whatever our, our flesh wants to do, uh, as, as I analyze how I'm doing, being like Jesus, that feels pretty close. Just sitting there with a bag over my head like, yep, it's kind of working out, kind of doing it. The problem with these memes is, is I think they actually sneak in a little bit of a false belief and something that goes a, a little bit against what Jesus was trying to teach us. It's not about just looking like him or, or being as close as you can get, but the belief that this uh, meme kind of brings in is, my best attempt, I will still look foolishly different than Jesus. And that's a belief that snuck in. I remember when we had a conversation with Pastor Nate, and he's like, do you think it's possible to, to, to live a blameless life? And you feel like guilty for trying to answer yes. But we've seen it. We've seen it in the Bible, and we've seen people work through it. I, uh, and so I wanted this imagery to kind of change your mindset. Being more like Jesus isn't like this meme, but it can look something a little bit more like this. So this is a spot the difference. I don't know if you've ever seen it. As we look at Jesus and we look at the inner workings of our life, all right, maybe, maybe there's a popcorn kernel out of place or two. All right, there's a tear in, in my napkin. I'm still working on that to look a little bit more like him. Uh, I'm, I'm, missing a few, <laughs> I'm missing a few things here and there. But when you look at the picture, you can tell all right, I see it. Those are the same things. And so when people look at you, they can tell that you reflect the glory of Jesus in your life. And this is an outcome that you can have. And to, to stop letting the memes kind of infiltrate your mind of what's possible, to be like, you know, where you start having that tone, well, I'm just trying, being like Jesus as best as I can, to now realizing that, through the work of Jesus, this is a little bit more of what's possible through the workings of the Holy Spirit. And so we're talking today. <laughs> it's like everyone wants to be excited. You don't have to not be excited. It's fine. We can have fun. So we're talking today, as I was writing this message, I worked through uh, tempted like Jesus, which sounds wrong. Right, we don't like we don't like that sentence, and so so that was the, that was the abbreviated to stick with the one word because Pastor Nate is really good at just the one word that explains his entire sermon. Uh, but what we're talking about today is responding to temptation like Jesus did. Jesus suffered through every single type of thing that we had to suffer through. He went through every single aspect, and I believe it's recorded for a specific reason. That reason is to show us our response to it. And so in Matthew is where we're going to be hanging out. Matthew uh, 4, uh, sorry, Matthew 4, verses 1 through 10 is where we're going to be hanging out. We're talking through when Jesus was tempted, what the enemy tempted him with, and his responses. And my hope today is as you move forward and you start to recognize these temptations that the enemy puts in front of you, you would begin to uh, just kind of work through what is my response that I would have. And so let's read this entire uh, uh, section together. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. 
During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off for the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. As we are going through this scripture, now, the interesting part of this is whenever you read through this, you think, tempted like Satan. The enemy has never tempted me to turn stone into bread. So this must not really apply to us, right? Because, because I know I can't turn stone into bread. And so today we're going to try and boil down each temptation to its, to its core so that we can try and apply it to us as well. So... Temptation number one that he went through, I want to word it like this. Do what your body wants. Do what your body wants. Jesus was fasting in the wilderness. He was hungry. When we're hungry, our bodies tell us, and there's a natural urge to eat. That's just how our bodies were designed to keep us alive, so we knew when it was time to eat. And Going through this, we know there, there's an aspect of the temptation of, no, no, use, use your power, Jesus, turn this into bread. But as we boil down the temptation, it's simple. Hey, Jesus, your body wants food. Give it food. You can give it food. No, no big deal at all. Just give it food. In fact, you don't even need to go to a store because you're a God. Just, just create some food and eat it. And then... Despite what, as we read just before that, what the Spirit is leading Jesus to do, to go and to fast and to, and to be going through these trials, the enemy's tempting him in this way. And what does that look like for us? I think, I think this statement we hear a lot, even throughout the world, we hear, do what your body wants. Maybe that's with food. Maybe that's with, with what you're eating. you just like, you know what? When I'm stressed, my body wants to eat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn to that. Maybe uh, for you, I know for myself, for many years, uh, it was pornography. Do, it, do what your body wants. You want, you want this. Do what your body wants. And there's this temptation to move through. And our culture has a saying that's, that's sneaky, and it works its way through. And I think some people even here might believe it, the idea of if it feels good, do it. If it feels good, do it. So let's, let's learn a little bit of, of what Jesus' response was and what our response could be. Matthew 4, verse 4. But Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God's mouth. He's telling Satan, 
he doesn't need bread to sustain him. It's the, it's the word of God that sustains him. And I think as we keep moving forward in these temptations and Jesus' response, here's an important part of this scripture. People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus didn't just know scripture. Jesus didn't just know the scripture that's nice to put on a wall or nice to write down on our notebooks. Jesus knew every piece of scripture, every command, every instruction. And we have a tendency to to lean into the promises of God, what God is going to do for us, how God's going to come through. The problem is is that over half the Bible is, is more instruction for us than it is promises from God. And every promise came with, if you do this, if you take this step in believing in me, I promise, here's how you'll return. And so I think it's important as we move forward, he's, Jesus is setting the stage here by saying, but by every word that comes from God's mouth. I know for me, I struggled with a lot of anxiety and the, and the scripture that I kind of I kept repeating in my head I was in 2 Timothy. I just, God does not give us a, a fear of, 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 of uh, a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. I just kept, I kept repeating it over and over again. But I realized I'm repeating a promise. I'm just repeating a promise. And like, God, why aren't you doing anything? Why aren't you moving? But every word that comes from God means I needed to live out an area of my life that I wasn't, which came from James 6.15. Confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed. And so as I took that step forward and followed an instruction, then the promise started to come. Does that make sense? And I think we're going to see that kind of continue as a theme as we go through this. And that's just a little bit of, of practicality for you if there's... Uh, uh, specifically in this area, just something that you're struggling with, that you feel like you, you put aside, you, you pray out, you put everything in place to be away from it, you keep repeating God's promises. I think there's a level of instruction that has to come for God to move and for you to be free. And so as much as I want the verse in 2 Timothy to be true for you, first I want to see James 6.15 be true for you as well. And so that's how he overcomes the first one. No, I'm going to believe every word that comes from God's mouth and the Spirit's leading me to fast right now. So I, I won't be giving in to what my body wants. That's his response. The second temptation that he gives is this. Forget what God wants. Forget what God wants. Think about what you want. I know God's, God's leading you somewhere. God's got a big plan for you, but forget what God wants. And I, and I think when you first read it, I didn't get this out of this scripture when I first read it. I had to, had to read a couple commentaries and figure out like, why is this even a temptation? Satan shows up, puts him on a high building and just goes, you want to jump? And I was like, okay, that doesn't feel like a good temptation. Like the enemy's running out of ideas with Jesus if the idea's like, hey, you do it. You jump. Like, that's it's the most juvenile thing. But what the enemy's actually working through here, he is going through a desire that was within Jesus. And we see it 
in the garden of Gethsemane. Uh, when you sang it, I realized I've been saying that wrong so many times. I had enemy. Gethsemane. There we go. Had to say it slowly. A prayer that he had, he prayed, God, if, if it's possible, would you take this suffering away? Would you make it possible, God, where I don't have to suffer this way to bring people close to you? And then he yielded, but I want your will, not mine, right? So he prayed this. So we know there was a desire within Jesus of, I don't want to do this. I don't want to suffer through this. If possible, God, would you take it away? But he yielded to it. And so you think about what's really happening in this moment. He's in Jerusalem on top of a temple. If he jumps down and angels save him, what is everyone in the temple going to see and think? Oh my gosh, that was God. He is God. Oh my God, let's give our lives to him. He's God. And so what he's offering him is, hey, there's a simple way for you to get to your end result where you wouldn't have to suffer. If you jump on this, off of this, and the angels save you, people will know that you're the son of God. You can skip what God wants and go straight to what you want and be on the throne. And so that's really what it boils down to, this, this temptation. Just forget what God wants. You don't want to go through that. Go through it how, how you would rather. And what does that look like for us? For us, it might be just some simple obedience that we know God is asking us to do. Baptisms, uh, giving, praying, studying scripture, just, just something that you're like, man, I know, I know I'm called to do it, but I just don't want to do what the Bible says. But it might be something bigger that God has asked you to do. It might, it might be giving up something that's sinful. It might be uh, becoming a pastor, getting credentialed as a pastor. It might be becoming a missionary. It could also be telling your neighbors about Jesus. And you just, you feel this, this tug as you read scripture to, to do a certain thing. And then the temptation is, you don't really want to do that, do you? Just forget, forget about what God wants. And do what you want. Forget what, what my pastors are teaching, what my Christian friends are saying. I just want to do what, what I want. I want things in my timing, on my terms. And God, 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 does God really know what's best for me? And those are the thoughts that the enemy wants rolling around in your head. And again, Jesus comes back at him with a scripture that commands. It, with a script, it doesn't, it does, he doesn't come back with, no, no, God says he, he knows the plans he has for me. They're, they're pretty good. He comes back, he said, no, there's, there's actually a commandment, Satan, that, I, that I, I'm not going to break. See, what you're trying to do is get me to use one of God's promises against him. He said I couldn't be hurt. You're trying to make me force his hand and force his promise by me acting outside of his obedience. And so he said, no, scriptures say, you shall not test the Lord your God. And the enemy, the enemy would whisper to us, God still loves you if you sin. God still loves you. You don't need, hey, you don't need to give. You don't need to be baptized. You don't need to do anything. God still loves you. 
And the enemy is using a, a promise as ammunition to get you to step away from an instruction that God has given us. And so we need to respond the same way. No, we're not, we're not testing God. We're not, we're not gonna get to heaven and be like, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't do it because I knew I didn't have to because I knew you loved me anyway. We're not gonna test God in those ways. The third temptation is this. Take what you want. Take what you want. Matthew uh, 4, verses 8 and 9. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you kneel down and worship me. This, this temptation that he gave Jesus was very simple. It was that of, of power. Power and authority. I'll give you this. Just take it. Just take it. All you got to do is bow down to me. God wants you to do all these things. You can take that authority much easier if you do this. Satan offers him ownership to, to rule the world in exchange for worship. And, and honestly, what gives this temptation a little bit of, of heft is that this is something that, that Satan had authority to do at the time. He actually could have given Jesus the, the, the keys to the, to the earth to rule. Paul calls the devil the God of this world in 2 Corinthians, and Jesus himself later refers to Satan as the ruler of this world. So Satan could have handed everything. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to pass him power that he didn't have. He wasn't trying to give him something that he didn't have. And what does that look like for us? When we crave power or authority, when we want to be a leader, not a servant, when we want to, to, to move through life getting things handed to us by the people we're over as opposed to, to being a, a, the servant that Jesus called us to. And, and a little bit as I was writing through this, I thought to talk through how that looks in church. And I'd like you guys to apply it in your life, but I'd like, I'm gonna talk about how that could look in, in church you might find yourself being tempted in this area if you crave authority over others in church, if you crave authority over others, or you give yourself a title that suggests you do, that suggests you have that authority. You crave leadership or, or to, be, to be noticed in the church, or you find yourself going against the church or the pastor, despite having zero biblical reference to do so. And that's the temptation saying, man, I just, I just want to take what I, what I want. The enemy says, you know, if I sound spiritual enough, people will follow me. Maybe I should just start sounding more spiritual instead of working on myself. And maybe then I'll, I'll get some notoriety and authority and, and, and work through it. And I'll, and I'll tell you just in seeing the way that, that God moves, if we're craving to be in charge, it's the last place that God's really going to ever put us. If we're craving to tell people where to go and to boss them around, it's the last place that God's going to put us. As you look through every single person he entrusted leadership to, they all said, uh, I can't do that. I'm not good enough for that. 
okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try, but I'm, I'm really not, I'm not the strongest, I'm not the wisest, I don't know why you want me. And so his response in verse 10, and the bank can come up here, Matthew 4, verse 10, he says, get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him, for the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. It seems at this point, the enemy has crossed the line. The enemy has now started to demand something that he never should have asked for, to work through worship, gaining worship from Jesus. And you could tell in, in Jesus' response, get out of here. You've crossed the line. And again, I just find it so interesting that Jesus comes back a third time with an instruction scripture. Comes back again. No, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And so if you're going through and you're like, I crave authority and leadership. I crave to have things my way. I want God to do miracles through me before I work on myself. I want to see healings when I pray in Jesus' name before I ever, ever work on the things that God is telling me to do. And God, God is not going to move in those ways. Jesus says in this scripture, he leads by example, humble yourself and seek to serve and to serve only. And the rest will come as God wills it. As we're, as we're closing, just want to talk through the last piece that we kind of skimmed through at the beginning of this entire story. I want to talk about our, our mindset of temptation. As we read through verse 1, maybe that's confusing for you in, in how you currently view what temptation is. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. We've, we've become so fearful of being tempted and failing that we see temptation as a place to, to stir up a, a, a PTSD of, of reaction. No, I'm being tempted again. I don't want to go through this again. I don't want to be tempted again. But we see in this scripture, Jesus being led by the Spirit to be tempted, and, and just to make things perfectly clear, it's not God who's tempting. God doesn't want Jesus to sin. He doesn't want any of us to fall into sin. But there are times when God wants us to be tested to grow our faith. There are times when God will have us go through certain things in order to build us up. But we need to realize one thing. God does not want us to be afraid of temptation. He wants us to overcome it. He wants us to overcome it. He wants us to see temptation and know what command came from him to combat it. To know where he's guiding us and leading us so that we can follow him better. And so if we could... As, as Christians, stop just looking at the promises of God. Just stop looking. Oh, God, you said you wouldn't give me the spirit of fear. God, you said I could be free from every single sin if I call on your name. 
but that we could look at every ounce, at every word that comes from God, every word, and see the instruction that God has and to follow it and to live that through to where we don't just know scripture, we live that scripture out. And so today, if you feel like temptation is following you around at every single step of the way, this message is is for you today. There are instructions. I think the most basic one that we could have is that we confess our sins so that we can be healed. We confess our sins so that we can be healed. So that we humble ourselves and just serve God, expecting to stay at whatever level of the totem pole he has for us. And I I just believe as we look through these commands and we live them out, we're going to see a a, a freeness from temptation. Now, temptation is always going to be around. But again, as you see it, that you have something to combat. So one thing we're going to do that's a little different, that's a little different, we're going to have the prayer team just come up here, up front. And if you are searching for freedom, at every location, I hope the prayer team's coming forward too. If you're searching for freedom to overcome the temptations that the enemy is putting in front of you, I want you to come here and why don't we try practicing that James 6 scripture early. You come up and just confess it. No one's wearing, no one's wearing a wire. They're not recording your confession to put up later. They're not going to ask for more details. But to have them but to come up and to just confess your sins, get it out. Confess to one another so that you may be healed. God wants you free this morning. God wants you free this morning. And so as we obey him and as we follow him, then his promises come through. So would you stand to your feet and we'll pray together. And then the prayer team's gonna stay up front. And we're going to just have the music continue and and you're invited to come forward. Jesus, thank you for the example you've given. Thank you for in all of your own intricate ways, you showed us how we respond to the temptations of the enemy. God, I pray. I pray against all the words of the enemy that might be happening even here in this room. God, that we, we pray against if there's a, a single voice saying, you don't need to go forward. You're free enough. We just cast that out in Jesus' name, that that would be gone. God, I pray that you just move in a mighty way. And as you've set, and as we've seen you set people free and work miracles, God, that this morning as people move forward or as they talk to their friends or their, their spouses on the way home, that they would be set free from whatever temptation they might be stuck in. God, I pray, would you just make the enemy like a barking dog on a leash? You can say a lot of things, but we are not fearful of him. Would you help us to love every single word you say? And would you move this morning? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to come forward, you're invited to come forward. 
If not, you can stay here and worship. Or if you need to leave, you can feel free to be dismissed. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week.